Hello, Dogalos and the Doculettes. This is Lord Doc himself, Bob Sham, with another episode of The Documenteers. And in this episode, we discuss a bit of a cult figure. Well, at least a, a cult figure here in America. If you know about this guy in America, it might get you a little ironic hipster cred. But if you're from Germany, does not get more mainstream than this. We're talking about the film that you can watch on YouTube, Heino, Made in Germany, directed by Oliver Schwab. Watch this on YouTube for free. Musical cult of personality. But is there really personality here? Hmm, you should listen and find out. Not every episode this summer is going to be a rock doc, but this continues our rock doc summer. And I would like to announce that in just a few short weeks, we will be doing a series on Penelope Spheris' Decline of Western Civilization series. Part one will be done by Ginger. Part two by Stuart. And part three by the co-host on this episode, Johnny. Get all pumped up for that. You can watch all the Decline series also on YouTube. It's very easy to find, but many people have watched and enjoyed this series. And if you haven't, go on the internet and go into the history of L.A. musical subcultures. You might not be disappointed. In this episode, Heino, made in Germany, when we recorded, this might be one of those episodes where I did the wrong audio input, but anyway... There's a lawnmower that you hear in the background for a little bit, and it'll go away eventually. That's because it was such a nice day here in Nashville, Tennessee, when we recorded, that I was like, I want to open the window. Well, when you're recording, that's a bad fucking idea. So why did I do that? Also, for the ever popular segment, Bobby's Boners, (laughs) we mentioned that the typo negative singer, Peter Steele, and Ginger and I mentioned this in the... Iron Maiden Flight 666 episode that Peter Steele died of suicide? No, actually, he died in 2010 of an aortic aneurysm. And I also stated in that episode that I had heard that Peter Steele was literally evil. I heard that from an old metalhead friend years back, and I really didn't read any evidence that that was true. Uh, But Ginger did say he was a very complicated guy, and maybe his... His reputation kind of went beyond who he really was. But as far as him being literally evil, yeah, probably not. He's just a complicated dude just like we all are. So that's just uh, me calling out myself a Bobby Boner edition. In this episode, Johnny mentions the eight-track playlists that are compiled by Dr. Eugene Fudge. Dr. Eugene Fudge who used to work for a document, uh, <laughs> a documentary... A documentating documentary think tank that burned up. But Dr. Eugene Fudge makes unofficial 10-track playlists for Documenteers episode. They're not always up to date. We might not have the Hino one yet right when you hear this. I'm sure Dr. Eugene Fudge will try. I think as of this recording, we're up to American Movie, where Dr. Eugene Fudge uh, put in Minneapolis musicians, even though... Uh, American movie takes place in Wisconsin. A common mistake to make by people who are not from that area. But blasphemy to get those confused. Two people from those areas. So that's uh, another Bobby's boner, but on behalf of Dr. Eugene Fudge. But you can go to atrax.com, just create a little account, and you might hear a commercial or two, but just 10-track playlist. Just a little fun aside, a little extra thing to go with our episodes. Atrax.com. 
com. The number eight. Look up Dr. Abbreviated D.R. Eugene Fudge and look for his playlist. He has plenty up right now. Also, you can follow us on the social networks. Places like we have a Facebook page. Uh, we have a Twitter. We have an Instagram. On all those are at Documenteers. And you can email us any suggestions or requests or, or personal praise upon me at documenteerspodcast at gmail.com. And I have kept you for way too long. Let's get into this film, I Know, Made in Germany, by Oliver Schwab. Keep on docking. Now, here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet, 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. Who is Heino? Heino is the rock and roll of the 70s. I think that's the best way to take Heino in, probably. Is is by Medley? Yeah. I mean, yeah, three minutes a piece for a song. Is like, yeah. If he just combined his entire output into one album, be like, right on. The last track would just be his his Rammstein covers and the rock and roll. A perfect medley. Could touch base on the folk scene, the Schlager scene, the disco scene. The industrial scene. And then just straight up Rammstein covers. I'd like to hear him do some Kraftwerk covers. I think that would have actually been quite wonderful. Fun, fun, fun on the Autobahn. Yes, he might fit right in. Well, a lot of the impersonators don't really need to know the music, actually. They don't even have to like the music, apparently. No. He's the one with the, for some reason, they put a bar over his eyes and distort his voice. I think they wanted And he's like, I don't even really like I know. They, they wanted that to be, I think yeah, it was meant to be more of a joke. This is the most ironic, humored movie we've done so far. So much so that I'm not even sure I can connect with it. Yeah. Totally. It's a little dissonant. I'm watching it from a distance. Because the you, whole way through. Hino is in this movie. He's very sincere and up about his own thing. And we meet... Sincere might be a strong term for Hino. But we, and we meet people who are big fans of him, but they're but the most of the people we meet have just that warped fascination where they understand that this is ridiculous, but there's just they're just oddly drawn in. I mean I assume it's kind of like people getting into Mrs. Miller. Who I love. Maybe they see it the way I see Mrs. Miller, but I don't know. I like Mrs. Miller because she seems to be having a very good time. She's endearing. Hino is cold and fucking terrifying, so I don't know what to... <laughs> he looks like he'd be cool as fuck. If you just saw the guy and he never sung, you'd be like, oh, something, something real is going to come out of this face. And then it's... I mean, it's a little outrageous. We're talking about the film that came out in 2013 by director Oliver Schwab. And it is about the German sensation known as Heino. I don't think we really ever know his last name. It's not important. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure anybody cares. 
But the film is called Heino, Made in Germany. And you can watch this. You can free watch this on YouTube. Now, Johnny, usually we like to dive into the cultish side of things. Usually it has a religious or spiritual bent. Are you saying Heino's not religious or spiritual? I think for his fan base, they might argue with it. But I'm not getting any of those vibes from my from my standpoint. But Heino ha- is a cult figure in the world. He most definitely is. If you're German, you know who Heino is. Except I have a friend who was in Berlin finishing up his like linguistics degree. He lived there for like two years and had never heard of Heino. So there might be, he might not be as big a deal in the cities as he is in the rural areas, or he might not, I'm unsure. I mean, that's, that's possible. But he's American, so what does he know about Heino? That's true. I mean, he's probably heard Heino songs and just didn't register. Oh, just some schlager music playing, you know. It's all pretty forgettable to me. I'm questioning the shit out of your friend that I know nothing about. Slow your roll, friend, up in Berlin. (laughs) I'm sorry, John. I didn't mean to drag you into this. I'm just saying the only person that I know who has lived in in Germany for any length of time doesn't know who Heino is. A2, the guy who did the theme to the documenteers, was born in Germany. And he's a massive Heino fan. Huge Heino fan. Like he dresses like Heino every Halloween. No. I mean, he's black, so it'd be very strange. <laughs> oh my God, we need to go to Germany. All of us dressed like Heino. Get A2 up in it. Oh, sweet Lord, that would be amazing. Bring back Heino parodies in the zeitgeist. <laughs> because this guy's the most Aryan looking dude you'd probably ever meet. Mm. Johnny, describe Heino. I usually start off by calling him a robot Andy Warhol. Like, if you could genetically engineer an Andy Warhol, it would be this guy. He's got, like, this... He's got the dark shades. He's got the shaggy blonde hair. He's got the turtlenecks. He's got this look like, I don't give a fuck about anything, not even you. I think that's just a general dead expression. It's just a general dead expression. And then, when he takes off his shades... Now, Heino, to me, he looks like if David Bowie... Because he's lanky like David Bowie real skinny but it looked like a cross between david bowie and glenn campbell and david bowie and glenn campbell dna and then they just threw a, a bratwurst in the mix and then they put this thing together and they were like those talented and unique qualities that made glenn campbell and david bowie stand out take that part out and just leave in the visuals and there you have high note. but this guy made his bones singing folk music german folk songs he made his he made his bones singing german folk songs in a post-world war ii germany this is not even two decades after world war ii ends he was born in december of 43 so he was about a little probably a little less than a year that when the war officially ended and so at this time i learned this from a bbc documentary on krautrock which by the way is the german experimental music from the late 60s through the 70s. It's the innovative and highly influential music that is not mentioned in this movie about the most generic of German music. Exactly. This guy is what they were trying to rebel against. Because the weird thing about Germany at the time was that the Nazi party was officially over. It was officially gone. It was banned. Like, you were not allowed to do anything Nazi. You were not allowed to wear swastikas. You were not allowed to see Kyle. All of that was just taboo. However, a lot of the same people that were in the Nazi party were still running the local governments. The deep state. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) And most of those people were listening to what was called Schlager, which was just cheap, croony bullshit like this. 
wird's eine lange Nacht, weil wir alte Kameraden sind. Sorry, Heino. I didn't mean to call your music bullshit. It just kind of came out. You know what's interesting about Heino is, I feel like when you watch him sing, he is putting a lot of himself into it. I think when he's singing, he's doing the best he can to be sincere. But as much as I believe he's putting passion into it, it still somehow is soulless. It's almost like a German stereotype, where even a smile... <laughs> like if an engineer could make music, this is what would happen. One of the people later in the documentary said that he clearly enjoys the sound of his own voice. Yes. That he really, really loves singing. He loves this deep, I, I assume it's a baritone, that comes out of him. And at that moment, he's definitely singing strong. He's definitely hitting the notes. In this movie, we see several people. Half this movie is in German, probably more than that, actually. And we meet impersonators in the U.S. We uh, talk to Jello Biafra, who has like a, a bizarre relationship with this music. And we meet Jello Biafra got even more annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and we meet German figures like comedians and writers and former punkers who all have very distinct opinions on it. I didn't write down a lot of their names, but... All of the opinions were very strong, though. Yeah. No one was like, Heino. Yeah. Heino was everywhere in the 70s in Germany. Over and over, Heino is in this movie. He will point out how he was the biggest of this, biggest of that, but it always had the tag in Germany. In Germany. <laughs> right. In Germany. Sold more records than Elvis. Yeah. In Germany. in Germany. Sold more than the Beatles. In Germany. Did he? That's what he said. Right on. The most downloaded that year in Germany. I know we mentioned his eyes. His eyes are a little weird. They kind of look in different directions. And he had some eye disease in the early 70s. I guess there's some kind of fat thing that was growing behind his eye and he had to have surgery to take it out. But it resulted in him not being able to basically have like a lazy eye kind of scenario. But that became iconic and it added to probably what people were drawn in regarding this guy. The mystique of Heino. The fact that you couldn't see his eyes, the fact that he seemed detached while singing these supposedly warm folk songs that <laughs> people would have fondly remembered if it were not for the Nazis driving, driving these songs into everybody's heads and turning them into nationalistic hymns, which they probably already were. They definitely got turned into that by World War II. Which was why he was so controversial. Jello Biafra is all over this movie, and he's talking about how an ex-wife of his introduced him to Heino, and it was kind of something that they laughed at. One of his friends pointed out that he looked like the king of the Aryans. And he notes that the production on every Heino record is so overdone. It sounds like everything's just being thrown at the sound engineering of this. Bella Biafra called it the wall of sound. Um, I think he's giving it too much credit, and... Using a very Jello Biafra hyperbole. And I like this part. Jello points out, and when you're really into art, sometimes you kind of will focus in on these things that they're not things that you, like, you legitimately like. This is the greatest thing. It's parsing through the darkness of things. that can lead to an intense fascination that doesn't necessarily translate into love, but it's just this curiosity that will drive you. It doesn't necessarily make you feel good, but you can't stop thinking about it. Right. I'd say this, that a lot of people who collect weird records like myself, and I'm sure you might own a few. I've been talking about butt rock a lot lately. You turn, um, I've been listening to some of your eight tracks. <laughs> I mean, Dr. Eugene Fudge's eight tracks playlist. And, you know, they really push the boundaries of what art is supposed to make you feel. Challenging. Exactly. The people challenge. Sometimes sometimes people get 
focused and you don't see it in art nearly as much, but people, sometimes people focus on art that makes them feel uncomfortable. That's an important part of art. And it's not unusual for many artists to kind of go that way. Seems more common in visual art than in rock and roll or schlager. I'm going to play some corn later. Are you ready? You like corn? I do not. They go dark, bruh. I was that kid wearing like the off-brand jean coats being like, oh, corn sucks. <laughs> I was 16 being like, whoa, what is this hot new music? <laughs> Motherfucker. I know, worked as a baker's apprentice. The impersonator, he lives in LA. He's the ironic guy with his eyes barred out and his voice modulated. He's showing off all these covers. I think we, we see a little montage of Hino covers. We see yes. a cover with Hino holding poodles. There's one with where he's just hanging with some German shepherds. There's one where he's the the most terrifying is Liebermutter, I think is how you pronounce it. Sorry, any Germans listening? Uh, that sounds right, and I think that's where he has the glasses that are tinted, but you can still see through them to his eyes and his flowers. And it's red in the background, and there's flowers in the front. Oh man, it's I think horrifying. I, that's one of the few I remember seeing in person is one of the, that cover. And you didn't buy it? No, I did not know what the hell I was looking at at the time. But I, when I saw it, I was like, I've seen that. And there's one where the layout of it is really weird, but it basically looks like Hino and a disembodied lady's head. I don't think it was meant to look like that. I think Jello Biafra called it Nosferatu Hino. And there and there's Hino trying to be a little new agey on some of the covers. Hino, he was playing around in girly clubs. Like he wasn't a singer or anything, but he's discovered by this guy named Ralph Bendix. Hino gets signed, and he kind of blows up pretty quick. We see some... Interesting footage in 68 of Hino getting coached by Bendix. And Bendix wants him to sing these songs like the sunshine. Play some sunshine for us, Johnny. Hino talks about how he heard nothing for a while and he was on a beach. And he said some kids were gathered around a radio and he was hearing a song. And he's like, I think I sung that song. And according to him... This beach crowd of kids were all staring at a radio while his voice came out of it. That's can, when he knew he arrived. I can neither confirm or deny that story. One of the Hino experts, uh, he's one of the comedians. He will go on to do a thing of impersonating Hino, kind of in a in a f this guy kind of <laughs> kind of way. Talks about how after hearing Hino complaining about how no one sings in German, that everyone sings in English and French, that. He yelled fascist after he said this because it wasn't very popular because a lot of these folk songs, they'd been around prior to the war. They were like turn of the century songs that according to Heino that a lot of young people in Germany did sing at the time, but they became so saturated by the Nazi party. We get a soldier, a former soldier who's listening to the records and he's talking about how yeah, we had to sing these songs while marching to Denmark and marching to Russia. Any song that's associated with marching to the Eastern Front, that fucking violent shit show that went on there, I could imagine it would be hard to stomach this shit afterwards. But the the soldier, he's listening to the music and he describes marching and singing these songs. He's like, I can't listen to this stuff anymore. It's just too much for him. He wants to move forward. And a lot of the young people in Germany are like, we want to move forward too. We understand a lot of this stuff. Won't lie. Don't blame him. Pre-existed before the Nazi era. 
but they saturated it so much that it's just a big turnoff for those who remember those times. Just like the stash, it was ruined for almost everybody. But Heino successfully brings back the German folk musics, you know, musics that the Nazis ruined. And on top of that, when music journalists and, you know, just journalists in general were asking him about why he only sings songs in German, everyone was singing songs in, you know, English or French, something else, anything besides German to avoid looking too nationalistic. Because I assume when you used to be a Nazi, you want to get as far away from that as possible. (laughs) Yes. let people know that you're not that anymore. So here he is singing national folk songs in German. And when asked, do you, how do you feel about national sentiment? He said, I'm German. So I only sing German songs. Snap. You know who else was only German? Hitler. Actually, he's Austrian. Oh, that's right. But but Goebbels? Whoa. (laughs) Are we even going to keep that? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Okay. Heino said that regarding the criticisms of the German folk music, Heino said, I grew up in a time where no one really discussed politics. Right after World War II, no one was discussing politics. Yeah, maybe they didn't want to discuss how they used to be Nazis. Yeah, there's, yeah, because you might have to acknowledge something that you really don't want to. Like, oh, I did know that there was a concentration camp outside of my village. You know, choosing not to is also a choice. It's not an immunity. I think Heino might be one of the most radical centrists. (laughs) I've ever met in my entire life. He's definitely a guy that... I feel like I've met this man as much as anyone can know Heino. Like, I know Heino as much as anyone can. It does seem like this guy wants things both ways. And when when you hear him talking about things in the past in this movie, there's just something about... Most people are not dead sinner, you know, politically. I feel like I'm like a moderate liberal type. A lot of my friends are probably more, even more liberal than I am. But these people that are straight down the middle, it's like, it seemed like two days before an election, they're talking to Katie Couric and it's like, really, dude, just go on the fucking internet, parse through your research. Right. What are you talking about? Despite the controversy, Heino moves forward in popularity. He kind of owns- He is quite controversial, isn't he? He owns the 70s in Germany. The 70s were a controversial area. <laughs> era. In Germany, a very hairy decade all over. Just rife with controversy. And he moves from the folk scene and he blows up the Schlager scene. You ever been to like a beer hall, like a proper German style beer hall? You know, I'm not sure I have. Well, there's one in town, like the Belgian brew house. If you go there. Isn't that the one that Stuart makes everybody go to? Yeah. Okay. It's pretty good. Sit at the bar. It's a lot better. But on certain nights, there is a Schlager band playing. And Schlager is the music that for one song, you're like, okay, that was novelty fun. fun. And then after that, you're like, I wish this band would leave. And Schlager bands, they always, at least around here in America, they always want to do, like, cheeky covers of 90s hip-hop songs, too. And it's like, oh, right. Okay. Okay. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. Which, that annoying aspect, perhaps unsurprisingly, is what seems to have drawn Jello Biafra to Hino in the first place. Because he said at his Dead Kennedy shows, he would put on Hino. And he would tour Germany. 
Was it Germany? Yeah. Oh, Lord, was yeah. Dick. <laughs> Why would he do that? He would play high note, and all the punks would ironically dance around. Yeah, they would be ironically folk dancing for one or two songs. But when it kept going, they started yelling. And throwing things at the sound guy. And throwing shit. 80s. He straight up did it to piss people off and create an antagonistic air for the dead Kennedys to play. He's kind of like the left-wing leaving of fear. Yeah. Whenever, whenever leaving would say things that were legitimately homophobic or sexist, but he was just doing it to get a rise out of the crowd. Right. I feel like Jello in that moment was just the left-wing version of that. <laughs> really goading. I mean, I could kind of... really prodding his audience. I could kind of relate to that. I mean, I feel like my sense of humor sometimes is poking or just being willfully annoying. Just spending your whole life poking bears, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not smart. I can't help myself. You know he's getting spit on a lot. I read a few books on like the punk scenes in the eighties or the post punk scenes. Yeah, if the they 80s. ever toured if they ever toured England or Europe, you got spat on. It was a way that they said We love you. Yeah. We want to be your friend. We get into eighties high note. You got some eighties high note up there? Oh boy, do we. Berlin Wall falls, and Heino's audience in Germany pretty much doubles. East Germany was communist, and of course that's more of an extreme left-wing ideology. In that environment, listening to something like Heino, pre-war folk music, would be seen as a very rebellious act. And by the Soviet government, it was, as in the, in the Siberian punk scene, anything that was German or English was often considered fascist and right-wing. And banned outright. Jello talks about how Heino comes to San Francisco and his ex-wife get tickets. And he points out that they were the youngest in this German-American music hall that he said he never saw anything else in. He's talking about how the older people were really into it. And the, the kids that they dragged with them looked miserable as hell. We'd see Heino in Vegas. He meets Siegfried and Roy. And a baby white tiger sucks on his finger. One of the writers, the former punk writer. And if you're a punk, you're always a punk, right, Johnny? Sure. Or, I mean, I, I, I've i tried to convince people of that. And I just, I, I keep failing. So I've stopped <laughs> trying. He's Am I punk? Right in. It's your call. I, I think so. But he's he's more critical of Heino. Throughout the movie, he describes the music as nothingness, vapid. One of the impersonators, he describes himself as doing Hino Doom Pop. He never sings Hino music, even though he's been spending at least a decade dressing like Hino. This is an American guy, where it's a little weirder, more underground over here. This is the guy with the censored eyes? Yes. Okay. But he doesn't sing any Hino songs. I think he lip sings the big one, Potpourri, and then he goes into... Uh, weird Heino pop covers. Mark Hickok, he's one of the, the one of the German comedians. He impersonated Heino and would call himself the real Heino. The true Heino, the sir. Tr the true Heino. The true Heino. He would open up for punk shows in Germany and he would get alcohol and booze like thrown at him. Was he lip syncing? It appears like he's lip syncing. The American one. Some of those. I think, yeah, they're, I think they all lip sync when they do the Heino songs. But then they do these interviews where they're just like, yes, I'm Heino. He did a rendition of California Uber Alles, dresses Heino. That is perfect. 
that is really beautiful. The American impersonator was walking around the Hollywood streets uh, by Man's Chinese Theater. There's this documentary, I'm forgetting what it's called, but it's about the people who dress up on Hollywood Boulevard and basically are busking, panhandling. They're dressed like superheroes and stuff. And there's a guy in that who dresses like Superman. It's one of the saddest documentaries, but the Superman from that movie appears in this for a brief moment. And he kind of looks like a dirtier Christopher Reeves. Oh, I'm not reviewing that one. That sounds too sad. That's a Stuart one, I think. Okay, yeah, let Stuart do it. But the Superman guy in there is completely obsessed. He's His skin is damaged by the L.A. sun, and he's dressed in fake muscles. And there's a part in that movie where he really is obsessed with Superman, and he talks about how he and Margot Kidder are such good friends. And there's a part where he goes to a signing, and he's like, Margot! But she's doesn't really know really who he is. She's just being polite. Margot Kidder, of course, played Lois Lane in the early Superman movie. Oh. Anyway, not important. The American impersonator meets Hino. Hino said he liked it. Hino says he liked the attention of parody. But you know who doesn't like the parody? Hino super fans. And uh, we meet them for a brief second. Well, the, the true Hino was German, though, correct? The true Hino was. The true Hino was German. There's a German comedian. I'm going back and forth between an American guy. Okay. A Canadian who lives in Los Angeles to Mark Hickok. I think that's his name, who was the true Hino. Mark Hickok is the guy where the record company came down on him. And Hino is like, oh, I love parody. But then he defends the record company for basically like pulling the, the, the weight of their corporation on this dude who's making like a goof ass joke. He's just one of those people that he might be. He says, you know, I have left wing friends. I have. He doesn't say he has right wing friends. <laughs> yeah. But. You know, living in a city, which I'm sure he does. He's not a political person, John. He's not a political person. <laughs> but he's so big in the rural conservative areas. That was the part that was the most interesting to me, was that he was so big in the rural conservative areas that he got accused a lot of being right wing. However, he said, I don't get into politics. <laughs> he's just, he's one of those people that if, his Nazi fans and his left-wing fans got in a fight. He would say there was good people on both sides. <laughs> you know, I've been saying the wrong name. The real Heino, the German impersonator, was not Mark Hickok. I can't even remember who. The true Heino was the German guy. Yeah, he was. his name was Norbert Honnell, and he gets sued and he loses. He has to pay either 10,000 Deutschmarks or spend 20 days in jail. 20 days in jail, right? <laughs> A benefit show for Norbert is put on so he doesn't have to serve time. And he gets the money, but he decides to just serve the time and take the money and open a bar. That's what he does. Good for him. And so the last thing we hear from Hino, near the end of the movie, near the end of the documentary, we see Hino having a resurgence in his career. Uh, what year is this that this is going, that this is being filmed? I think this, well, this is, uh, I would say, anywhere between 2009 and 2012. Okay. It was released in 2013, I believe. He's having a resurgence in his career, much like what Pat Boone did in the late 90s, where he's doing basically rock and roll songs. He's doing Rammstein. He's doing a bunch of other German rock songs that I don't recognize. He's starting to wear black t-shirts, cuts his hair a little bit shorter, you know, spikes it a little bit. might be the fact that he's losing some hair, too. He's got, like, a bedazzled skull. It's like the Punisher logo, the, the oh. comic character, oh, the Punisher. Right. Yeah, it's pretty close. I wonder if he got the rights to that. And his new logo is a skull with sunglasses and hino hair. 
<laughs> Which uh, and so much like when Pat Boone in the '90s did In a Metal Mood, where he covered Holy Diver, he does a great loungy version of Holy Diver. Holy Diver, you've been down too long in the midnight sea. He does No More Mr. Nice Guy. No more Mr. Nice Guy. No more Mr. Clean. Man, I'm trying to remember the other ones he did, but they were. I want to say he did Raining Blood, but. I, no way. Pat Boone doing I think that's wishful thinking. It might be. He should in my done, mind, he's done Raining Blood, but I don't think he did. He should have done Rainbow in the Dark. Anyway, his he was wearing like a leather vest with no shirt underneath and was wearing these, you know, <laughs> leather wrist cuffs. It was really <sighs> unnerving. In Hino's heyday in the 70s, he was super hot. So when people were like, you don't want to sing these fun songs that people actually like listening to, that kids enjoy, and he's and he's against it adamantly. He's Absolutely. German. Absolutely. But when his career he's is He's German. I sing folk songs. Yeah. I love folk music. I don't do rock and roll. But when shit gets a little hard and he's not selling as hot anymore, he's like, well, maybe I'll do some Rammstein covers. Die Welt zählt laut bis zehn. And he did. And I'm not going to lie, it was a pretty good cover. <laughs> According to Jello Biafra, was it Jello? Rammstein didn't like it. No, that was Heino that said it. Yeah. According to Heino, Rammstein didn't like it, but he's like, who cares? I'm Heino. I'm rock and roll. Now he's all of a sudden trying to prove how rock and roll he is. And he's very fame obsessed. Everything is, he's definitely a celebrity in that way. Mm -hmm. The movie pretty much ends there. Heino. Let's go. Let's play one more high note. You got some older high note, elderly high note. Um, I think this is Medley Volksliga. Oh, here's Heino and Rammstein. I like that better than his early stuff. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> if you had to pick something, I guess. But Johnny, we don't rate. In a star rating scale. Heino is a star in Germany, but to me, a star is Shiza. We rate things in a Herzog rating scale. Werner Herzog, German. An artistic tour de force, Werner Herzog. One of those great German things that don't get mentioned in this movie. There's no mention of Werner Herzog. There's no mention of Kraftwerk or Noi, some of our favorite. During Heino's peak, those bands were putting out some real original material that would be influential for generations. I assume Werner Herzog also sold more records than Elvis. <laughs> I don't know if he put in Germany. If he wanted to, he could have. He could have. But no, we rate in a Herzog rating scale. I'm going to give this movie one through five Herzogs. You're going to give this movie one through five Herzogs. Then we'll combine a schnauzen. Into the best out of 10 Herzogs. I'll go first. This film, Heino, made in Germany by Oliver Schwab, 2013. It was very illuminating. I knew nothing about Heino. I had pointed out that I'd seen random record covers, but I probably did not really know what I was looking at. I didn't give the context of that. I probably could have at best guessed, oh, this is some German shit. I think that's about the best I, I did. Admittedly, I did find Heino a little bit interesting, but... I maybe was also a little tired of Heino by the end of the, the documentary. This music is novelty at best. Something that, that Dr. Eugene Fudge might throw on a playlist because he loves making challenging playlists. I know you're going to. I mean, I know he's going to. <laughs>
but not something you want to like park at for a long time. I couldn't imagine going to a show. I, I would fall asleep. And Schlager music's the same way. I'm just like, I don't want you to lay her hose and jumping around. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, maybe listeners out there are like, yo, you ever heard this Schlager music though, man? You've got to check out country western Schlager. Oh yeah, well, uh, it's pretty fucking smooth. The Germans do fucking love some country western music. They're a big audience for that kind of. Someone thing. tried to. I, I told a friend of mine, another person I know who lived in Germany, that the Irish were the only Europeans who could do country music right. I still believe that. That's, I think the Irish understand country. They fucking get it. Well, country music is, is a, an amalgamation of immigrant music. The Irish are no small part of that. That's, I mean, historically, that's an accurate statement. It's it's the music of poor whites of Scotch-Irish stock. Yeah. And I think they get it. But he tried to tell me that the Germans can also do country. Uh, he, he played me some of it, and it was it was basically like the high note of country music. Yeah. Right. It was just kind of like Nashville bro country, but somehow less country. But this movie, it was really ironic, we pointed it out. There's a lot of tongue-in-cheekiness to it. A lot of people being interviewed, they're... They have that high note fascination, but there's not a lot of genuine high note love. I think the most genuine high note love we get is from high note himself. <laughs> and maybe people singing along as a camera pans through an audience. There was that one guy, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Who had the long hair, who was bald on top, who wore the colorful clothing. Right. I believe he was a comedian who said the first time I heard high note was probably when I was breastfed. Yeah. That it goes that deep. It's like an oral fixation for me. So some people, it just got them at the right time in their life. And they really do legitimately love them. But he's the only one. Everyone else is turning their nose up at him. Yeah. At his shows, the cameras are on him. And I mean, these are his shows. These are his fans. Are Those back. are people who paid to see Hino. I hope they like it. All ages ranging there. People are all singing along. They all know the words. This is just back of the hand for German culture. To be fair, the people in the front know the words. Maybe the people in back are just mouthing watermelon the whole time. There's, a, there's I don't know. There's some grandkids who had to go along or just looking at their phones in the back row. Right. But this movie, I felt like, we'll just call it fine. It's fine. It's fine. I, I'll probably take a little bit of it with me. I'll, I can't ever get the image of Hino out of my head. He's definitely a figure that will stay with you. And once you know a little bit about him, he will be instantly recognizable whenever... He shows up again. And this movie can help you explain to people who probably don't want to hear it who I know exactly is. And then they'll say, oh, that's nice. Do you want to go to Chili's? Um, we're sponsored by Chili's. I give this film, this is pretty much a straightforward three out of five Herzogs. Johnny? Man, I've got to say, I was really excited to watch it. I thought that this is a character that had a lot of controversy surrounding him. This is a an enigmatic terrifying fucking frightening white guy who would not even call himself white because he's german and he sings in german he looks like an aryan poster child without a soul whenever you see him without his glasses an ss kiss ass he looks like an ss kiss ass absolutely but when i watched it first of all i know as a person is pretty fucking boring he doesn't seem to have a personality in this documentary if he does have a personality. They didn't bring it out. I think to make this a more interesting and illuminating documentary, they could have gone much further into people's responses to Hino's existence. Like what Hino means to rural post-Nazi Germany. 
what the conservatives saw in him that often the cities did not. They interviewed plenty of left-wing people, including Jello Biafra, the most annoyingly left-wing pe- person in <laughs> in modern America, you know? They showed a, uh, him doing a live performance, and he's kind of he still has that vocal. He, he still hits it. He's got a great voice, but they focused too much on the person of Hino. I think you could have knocked most of the person of Hino out in five minutes and then focused on the enigma of Hino. Because that is the importance he has in Germany and in the West. Do you think maybe they really went for that, but Heino's such a fence sitter, they just couldn't get anything really out of him? It's possible, much like American Jedi. I can't tell if it was, if the subject matter was not being treated properly. I looked into it. Honestly, I couldn't find much more about Heino. Not in our language anyway. No, no, I could not. I even, I even Googled like, Heino, Nazi fans. <laughs> Nothing. Maybe Nazis don't like Heino, but I assume they would. They like Taylor Swift for fuck's sake. Why would they not like... Are they all writers and stuff? Yeah, she's considered the perfect Aryan to a lot of all writers. Okay. I feel sorry for Taylor. She's also kind of a fence sitter. Oh, right. She doesn't really She doesn't go. get into politics. Come on. You know, I know. I know Max Martin wrote songs with me and he used to be in a Nazi band, but I just don't like to talk about politics. If I were a super famous pop singer, one, I would self-sabotage my career in two seconds, but I would be that guy. I that think was... that's why we're both doing a podcast. It's just <laughs> because of our several decades of self-sabotage. <laughs> yes. We've sabotaged ourselves long enough. We figured out we that squandered our white privilege on just <laughs> talking about documentaries on microphones. This is the most consistent thing we can do. <laughs> Actually, that's true. <laughs> How many Herzogs do you give this movie? I give this I give this movie two Herzogs. I was actually thoroughly bored by it. Maybe subject matter. Maybe the documentarian's fault. The maybe the director's fault. But I just I didn't get much out of it. I got about as much out of it from his Wikipedia page. That's true. You could have read the wiki and got the same amount. You wouldn't have in had... a shorter amount of time, and I could have had a longer breakfast this morning. You wouldn't have had uh, <laughs> ironic American impersonators or Jello who can talk and talk and talk. They didn't explain his appeal uh, any further than just saying, <laughs> "Look at this guy." I think this dude is very surface, though. This movie is about as much as mileage as you could probably get out of Hino. <sighs> you take your three Herzogs. Or my three Herzogs, plus your two Herzogs. You get a very average five out of ten Herzogs. It's not total shit, but it's just enough to be kind of like whatever. It kind of smells like farts a little bit. Yeah. I think if you're into like just weird music, give this a shot. Man, if you got an hour to kill, you want to know about something weird, you already checked out Mrs. Miller and Florence Foster Jenkins. (laughs) If you've already covered the shags, you've already covered all of those people, and you want to look for something else, check it out. Otherwise, I don't care. Free to watch on YouTube right now. Good. Heino, Made in Germany by Oliver Schwab. Don't get up in uh, Nazi shit. Get off that fence and... Keep on docking. <laughs> you want some old talkies? No, thanks. I would guess they're about a year old. I found them in my backpack. <laughs> they're sealed. They're probably still good. Hi, hi, hi. I am high no. Blah, 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 beer. Oi, oi, oi. Oh.
old you shouldn't have all. Man, I can speak this shit like native. Shy, shy, shyza, shyza, uh, I know. This one's potpourri, nineteen sixty-eight. That sounds good. I feel like I have a record of a band that's named that. Like some early psych band. Yeah, potpourri, nineteen sixty-eight. That's the one. That's the that's the biggest song. Oh, <laughs> oh,